Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, and my patron peeps, uh, it's time for the podcaster who uh, ideally I deal deal in dreams. Uh, I don't deal in dream. I deal out the lulls so you can do do the dreams, patrons. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but it's time for sleep with me, patrons. The podcast you support and uh, keeps you to sleep, puts you to sleep. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake. It could be thoughts, feelings, physical sensations... So, 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 so something, you know, going on with you, keeping you up. Uh, it could be on the inside or the outside. could be travel. could be someone's, you know, sometimes they're, they're snoring, that lovely person snoring nearby. Uh, maybe you're on a work trip and you're, you know, you, you got, well, I never, uh, didn't realize that person. You know, whatever it is, uh, uh, I'm here to keep you company. I'm here to take your mind off whatever's keeping you away. Whatever it is is valid. Uh, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents, uh, filler words or filler letters. Actually, that time I just used filler letters. And uh, I mean, what? Oh, bedtime stories. If you're new... Yeah, this is all to kind of create a safe place uh, and let you put aside whatever's keeping you awake. Like I said, uh, I'm here to be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar cuz, your boar sib, the applicant to keep you company at this point if you're new in the deep dark night uh, or across the room. Uh, and what I'm going to do structurally if you're new, welcome. Give the show a few tries. It does take about three tries before you realize. Uh, that the show's like it, you have a realization that the show is uh, you will get it or you won't but but uh give it a few tries don't try to actively process the show too much unless you're immediately into it uh if you're kind of on the fence or skeptical well why wouldn't you be there's so many things to try to put you to sleep uh so many promises uh so so many giant or vague claims i'm just here to keep you company as you drift off, structurally, what to expect? Show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we keep the show free and going. Uh, so we start off with the business, and then there's an intro. And the intros are a show within a show. They're about twelve minutes long, where I try to create a metaphor and explain what the podcast is. But I also try to earn your trust, uh, draw you in, uh, create a space that you say, "Well, I can relax in this space." Uh, to create a routine or help you create a routine where bedtime feels like less like it's looming and more like something that came out of a loom, like you say. I didn't realize that juxtaposition of words there until just now. But, uh, I mean, for me, a lot of times it does feel like bedtime's looming, or in the past even more so. So we're going to take that word and we're going to put it through the loom. We're going to maybe the first time this has ever happened, uh, uh, but we're going to take you the word loom and uh, or connotations around you. You know, no, no, we're not here to put you through the ringer loom. We're here to put you through the loom. We're going to we're here to uh, take some of your raw. Would you mind if I brought, borrowed some of your natural essence and raw materials? Uh, Maybe some of your, do you have any quarks or dark dark matter within you, Loom? It feels like it. When I say Loom, I could sense, especially between those O's. You know, I don't know if you knew this, but your O's are, apparently they're full of dark matter, which is maybe one of the essential building blocks of uh, the universe. So you're really important. I was just thinking, and this will be a metaphor, because that's what I try to do with the intros, Loom is create a metaphor of what the podcast is so that bedtime, like some people listen to the intros as part of their bedtime routine, as part of their wind down. Some people fall asleep during the intros. Some A few people skip the intros. 
some people who even listen to the intros during the day uh, for a little relief, you know, because even their day or their afternoon meeting feels like it's looming. And I know you don't mean to put the gloom, you know, you didn't put the gloom, you put the loom in gloom. Uh, but uh, you, maybe the gloom, but you know, I, you know what I mean. You're just, you say, well, I'm just a, a collection of letters here, Scoots. And I'd say, it's right. Uh, you know, we're, we're projecting the meaning on you. But there's also a whole other meaning. And maybe ideally for this metaphor, it'd be great if they're spelled the same way, but I'm not positive about that. I'm also not 100% sure what, what a loom is or does exactly loom. But I was thinking if we look at you and we just massage you a little bit, uh, this is what we do in the intros. And then we send you through that. Cause, did, uh, remember, do you remember there was a band called the B-52s? I think they had an album. It was a secret album. It was called Cosmic Loom. Oh, no, you think it was Cosmic Womb? Okay, maybe it was like a maybe it was a, a double-sided concept album. What's an album? Well, you're a young loom, aren't you? What's a double-sided? I mean, no, no worries. Uh, it was a playlist. Uh, it was a it was a secret playlist or a collection of playlists. A playlist within a playlist. The cosmic loom was, of course, within the cosmic womb, waiting to be birthed. Uh, so then it could birth uh, as we're putting you through that loom. Uh, something soft and sleepy and something comforting. Maybe it's uh, something plush for some listeners. Maybe it's just a favorite pillow. Maybe it's a favorite spot or position on the bed. Uh, yeah, you're feeling it, Loom. I can feel you. Yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to, loom. you just want to be used in sentences, right? You, you, maybe. Yeah, sometimes you, yeah, but you say, yeah, there's a diversity of meanings to you. I get you. I totally get you. You're more than your meaning. Anybody ever said that to you? Did Gary Sharon ever sing to you? You're more than words uh, and letters in my book, uh, especially now. It's like uh, you're a, you, you've, you've become a whole different thing. It's like you're wearing a knit, knitted uh Level of layers, uh, holy crochet. Yeah, go ahead. Are you sashaying in your croquet loom? Okay, I get it. Actually, I was trying to explain what the new listeners to the new listeners what the podcast was. I got off track. I'll be back. Hopefully, I'll be back with you. Okay, so there's an intro which we kind of just took a six minute spin around the loom. It, it, the idea of the intro is it helps you wind down and makes bedtime. Less serious, uh, or L to the double O to the M, where you say, oh, oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to listening to that podcast. Or, well, it's not so bad. I got scoots to talk my ear off. Uh, and, uh, you know, the idea of a cosmic loom uh, traveling across the universe is, you know, spitting out, uh, spew. I don't know, spewing or spitting is not what looms do. Uh, exhale. I guess a cosmic loom would exhale. Oh, boy, is that romantic or what? I didn't think I'd end up with a uh, loom metaphor uh, covered in crochets uh, with pictures of croquets on there in my arms. But this is wonderful. But I got to get back to the intro. Uh, So there's an intro. Then we'll have a a story, a bedtime story. This will be our episodic series. So you could listen to this one and then listen to the other ones. uh, Happiest Holiday Shop. And most of the stories are only kind of a holiday based. Uh, they all t- actually, I think they all take place before the holidays, so you could listen at any time. They're just stories about, uh, you know, people, you know, things that loom, uh, or yeah, cosmically for sure. Uh, sometimes I string together words they don't even make sense. So you say, "Well, that was a little loom mix-up." That was when Scoots was running the loom, right? This is loom humor. Uh, Okay, that was the end of that one. The loom said that. So that's a structure show. Then we have some thank yous at the end. Between the intro and the um, story, we have some business. So that's the structure of the show. You also don't need to listen to this podcast. You can kind of listen to it because it doesn't always make a whole lot of sense. I mean, once you start, uh, once you open up the possibilities of a loom cosmically, 
and you really start to look at it, you say, well, you think you're stretching that, you're stretching that a little bit. And I say, well, I got to fit it in. You know, I got to get this whole thing through this loom. That's what I got to do. I mean, just like a yarn, you could say, you could, I'm going to spin you a yarn later, or maybe I'm spinning all yarn about looms and loom. And maybe I'm not getting there, but that's part of the journey is part of, you know, something. Because I'm here, what was I going to say? Oh, because you don't need to listen to me. There you go. I didn't even need to explain. I just had to be myself. I didn't need to explain it. Uh, and in doing so, I did. Uh, there's also no pressure to fall asleep. I'm going to be here for about an hour to keep you company as you drift off. I believe you deserve a good night's sleep. Uh, and I believe, you know, I'll be here. Uh, to take your mind off stuff while you uh, cross over or I'll hold your hand or walk at your side. Uh, you know, picture me with like, a, I guess it's, you know, they say you can't wear a sloth, but you could wear a loom covered in some sort of crochet outfit uh, around your neck. Uh, like it kind of is hanging off me like a sloth, uh, even cuter if that's possible. And, uh, you know, while you drift off. So no pressure to fall asleep, no pressure to listen. You know, I'll be here all the way to the end, even if you can't fall asleep, because uh, I've been there uh, sleepless, and there's other listeners that are sleepless too. That's why I'm here to the end. That's why I give it my all. That's why there's like at least 299 other episodes you could listen to uh, if you need to. The podcast is here to help. And, and uh, I mean, the reason I make it is because I know how it feels out there. You know, I, I know how it feels to be a, like a loom, and you say, well, you're just going around making everything feel ominous. Uh, and you say, well, I'm just, yeah, like we already discussed. And I say, well, let me put a crochet. What if I dress you up in a crochet outfit? You know, what if also, here's an, here's just a pitch loom. What if we, um, what if I got a crochet outfit? And then we did a like a skit where we sang "Dress You Up as My Girl" from Madonna, and uh, I mean I know it's a whole different meaning, but uh, you know I could dress you up in crochet, and uh, I think you no, know, well maybe, think about it. Maybe I could just do it with a a, a non real version of you, or maybe I could oh just do it in my imagination. Okay, I could do that. Uh, I was just thinking that would be a good song to sing. Is I'm dressing you up, or I could just do it in the mirror. You're right, uh, on my own time. Okay, I got you. I hear you. I mean, I don't think there's anything less ominous than that. That's what I was just gonna say. But, but I'm here if you're listening, if you're new, or you're a regular listener. Uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 I want you to feel a little bit less alone. You know, there's a lot of other people listening in the show right now, and they've been there too. And I know it's not easy being human. I really, truly believe you deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. Uh, And this is my little part, to keep you company, uh, maybe to make you giggle, or at least put a a strange, I guess I didn't realize I was juxtaposed. You know, I put the the yucks and juxtaposed sometimes. Uh, Oh, the the loom's already cracking jokes. It says yucks, it was a different kind of yuck. Uh, Hilarious. Uh, when, why don't you get your own podcast, Loom? Sorry, I didn't mean to be that, that aggro. I was just, uh, you threw me off. Usually I don't become, do you, do, is, quick question, do you have a best friend? Or are you looking for a best friend? Uh, awesome. Uh, so if you're new, you give the show a few tries. Uh, see if it helps. Uh, if not, there's a lot of other podcasts out there. I think I heard from a podcaster who makes a podcast called Sleepy. And he does some readings in a, a monotone voice, a little bit different than Sleep With Me, but uh, similar in some sense. You could check that out. There's the LibriVox. There's plenty of other options. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, that's a couple other things. But, uh, yeah, give the show a few tries. I hope it helps you because uh, I truly believe you deserve a good night's sleep. I work very hard and I strive. And uh, thank you so much for coming by. And here's a couple of ways we keep the show uh, going. All right, everybody, welcome to our ongoing holiday, uh, totally episodic and modular series. One hundred. This is the most episodic we've ever done since the last time I made that claim. 
but these episodes are to- so episodic that this one it, it's probably episode four, but it really is the uh, part of a prequel uh, before the other three episodes. Uh, but it really doesn't reveal anything you would have needed to know in the other three. That makes it that's what makes it episodic, maybe or modular. It's more of an ongoing. It was only four episodes, but it was ongoing for their lives. The characters. Uh, their lives, and they'll actually will learn their names uh, finally. I don't know if anybody's been asking, but uh, uh, because it, but the, the whole series is concluded before an episode came out, but you'll finally learn the char- main characters' names. Well, they weren't the main characters, but this episode, spoiler, they are. Uh, it may have given you too much information already, but uh, don't worry, it'll take a while to get there, it'll be slow going. And it'll be sleepy. But this is our uh, holiday series, Happiest Holiday Shop, a tale of a holiday shop uh, that uh, is named the Happiest Holiday Shop and the tale of the customers and the visitors to the shop and uh, just their stories. Uh, So that's a little bit about this uh, series. And uh, I think that's all you need to know. It's a holiday season series. uh, it's just more about the holiday series than any particular or season, you know, season than any particular holiday. It was a gift-giving part of it of, of uh, those traditions. So here we go. Uh, welcome to another episode of uh, the Happiest Holiday Shop. Uh, yes, uh, welcome to the Happiest Holiday Shop. I'm your narrator. You could call me Burl, but that you know, if you want to, but that's just because of an upcoming character name. And I don't know if you remember uh, the, the, the tale of Ebenezer Scrooge, uh, or the different portrayals in film and television of Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, maybe an actor springs to mind, but for now. As the actor is in the foreground, I want you to take a look at the background, in particular uh, where Ebenezer Scrooge and the other young person whose name escapes me worked uh, to it. I want to say Tom Hardy, but I don't think... uh, I wonder Tom Hardy wouldn't be a good Scrooge. More of the... uh, Maybe a character in Oliver, I think, would be better for Tom Hardy. Though if Tom Hardy wanted to play Ebenezer Scrooge or uh, still buying myself time to remember the uh, other character, but we're not talking about the characters in Scrooge. We're talking about an office uh, normally portrayal this uh, stark and cold, uh, there for business, the business, I guess, of lending money, I think, uh, formal, uh, sparse, and it's there our tale starts in a modern version of that sparse place, a place that's a little bit cold. And that's where Gene works, who would concentrate on working away at a desk. Behind Gene, someone older named Ives. Uh, and you could see a resemblance in their faces, uh, intergenerational, but they're related, it's clear. And this office is also a place where money is lended and money is invested. It's a compact, a complex uh, financial business. We'll learn more about it, uh, expository dialogue, coming up one of your favorite features of this program. But it's a, a fan, and again, I didn't get all, the uh, producer of this podcast uh, did, didn't give me, a, but this is a complicated family trust uh, that lends money out, and there's a couple of extra quirks to this business. A few things you should know, even though the general gist of the business is on me, is that every weekday, every workday, this shop is open or this business is open. Banking holidays excluded, every day they must make a loan. You see, this business was started years ago by a wiser uh, family member a few generations ago. And they decided uh, that this would be one of the rules of the family trust. And lots of family members have benefited from this. Uh, They rely on the money generated by these loans. And it's just 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 an interesting idea that the benefactor had to say, 
that the benefactor had to say, if the money, if a loan isn't made every day, if all the money goes away. I think that was the exact thing. And they said, is there rhyming allowed in wills and trusts? And uh, the benefactor probably would have had a chuckle at that. Uh, and Gene, who's working in the shop with Ives uh, from the previous generation, Gene kind of drew the short stick. Uh, Gene's siblings and cousins. Uh, uh, no one else wanted to work with Ives, who was not exactly Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, but it's not exactly fun, and it's a, actually was maybe an avoidance by the other uh, relatives because they said, well, this is a lot of pressure. Everyone counts on this. And the idea of making a loan every single day within certain parameters uh, that uh, aren't super important, you know, it just can't be $1. And it has to have a likelihood of getting paid because everyone else counts on it. Uh, so you have to make it good choices, uh, but also based on the values of the family and the benefactors that, hey, we want to give other people a chance, uh, raise up other people and other voices and other ideas. What we also want is, you know, sensible business ideas. Ives has been doing it for a long, long time. And uh, Gene's kind of the only family option. Keep it in the family, they say, I guess. Uh, trying to groom Gene to take over. Now, Gene, we, 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 you may may or may, may not relate. Uh, Gene's pretty high-wired, uh, uh, overthinking. So not only is the idea that the family members rely on this, but the idea that a loan has to go out every day. Gene's good with numbers and risk, but maybe too good at assessing risk and looking at risk and, and, and thinking of these things. And Ives is kind of the... A semi-optimistic counterbalance and saying, no, no, we have to make a deal today, uh, which is the risk we're willing to take, Gene. So, you know, Gene, Gene was a bit of a warrior, I think, if you'd say that. Uh, uh, but, but but good, but, but not enjoying, not exactly enjoying the job, but obliged to it. And today was a big day. If Ives was going to leave the shop, uh, they were both there. It was the start of the business day as we're watching them working at their desks. Uh, Ives, you know, thinking about moving on and stopping working. Today is Gene's first day in charge. And there's a lot. Well, well I'll let you uh, listen in. Uh, well, well, Gene, uh, today's appointments look pretty good. Now, do yourself a favor. Don't wait until the last appointment. I'm looking at these uh, incoming things, and I've looked at some of the numbers. Uh, don't wait till the last person to make a loan. That's my one tip, especially for today. You know, you could if there's so, two things that look good, Gene, you could always make a second loan. There's no rule against that uh, or have them come back, uh, you know, next week after the holiday. It's better to have two good prospects than none at all, especially in this situation. And I see you left uh, your last hour open, so you have time to call someone back. But that's a good idea. But uh, but 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 I've the, the default rate. We have to keep it within the parameters. We can't just give out a loan willy nilly. And it's been inching up. You've been I've been running the numbers and and. Okay, okay, Gene, I know, I know, it's going up bit by bit, and we have to be a little shrewder, I guess. Uh, but again, it, it, it's part of the system in place. Uh, the money must go out, and yeah, so you have to make a good choice. It's not easy. And I know the next 8 to 12-month outlook is not uh, great, but uh, just make sure you get the loan done, Gene. It's, it's that simple. Don't overthink it. You know, maybe listen to your guts. Or maybe an idea they say, well, I'd spend my money there. Uh, you know, balance that with the numbers. Use the numbers, Gene. Use use what you're good at. Uh, but also, I, you know, I've got to go. It's, uh, you know, it's close of business today and then the holiday. And then I'll see you uh, next week. But there's no perfect or right time. You know, it's just uh, the most likely. You, you, you understand, Gene. Well, I'm just looking at the numbers. I guess I'm not seeing them. Uh, okay, Gene, don't wait. There's no 100% right. Uh, 
right, but there is 100% wrong. I'm seeing a couple of these appointments. Okay, well, have yourself a good day and just make it, you know, maybe my finger keeps tapping what I feel in the middle of the day would be a wonderful opportunity because I set these appointments specifically for you. Now I'm off. Enjoy enjoy the holiday after you get this done. You know, if, if you get it done early, like right around this time here, lunchtime, you know, you could take the rest of the day off even once you make the loan. Cancel the rest of the appointments. Have them come back next time. Enjoy yourself. Uh, it's gonna, Gene. You're gonna do great. I, I know you, 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 Gene. I know. I, I get it. Uh, but you're gonna do great. I'll see you. And I believe me, I'll be enjoying. I, as soon as I walk out this door, I'm going to forget about this, uh, and I'm gonna have a holiday. So I'll, I'll see you soon, Gene. Okay, Ives. I'll see you. In uh, as Ives left, uh, Gene started pacing. Uh, but there's also a hopeful look in Gene's eye, studying the day's appointments. And then a montage began within this uh, talking of Gene greeting people at the door, the bell jingling. Still a wooden door with glass, even though the office was somewhat modern. Uh, everybody else that worked there and support was off, but they always had this uh, small business uh, family feel. And the first visitor was a chef, and the chef was a big personality uh, and knew, knew quickly uh, that they knew better than Gene. They knew better than Ives. They knew better than the numbers. Uh, they knew the bill brilliance would carry the business, and so that like uh, they were a J to the E to the R to the K, even to Gene. Even outside the door, Gene uh, saw them uh, huffing and puffing at someone, and uh, so that was a no. And the next was an inventor, no lab coat, but clearly an inventor. Uh, with a, with a vague idea for an improvement uh, in a modern day, you know, inconvenience. Uh, and the inventor had an idea for adding bubbles to something to make it more con- effective or convenient. Uh, and Gene was interested in, in, in asking more and more questions, but the more questions that were asked, clearly the inventor had an idea, but Gene said, you, you have an idea, but not a product and not a market. Uh, you don't have a plan. You have a great idea, but I, you, you know, I can't support just the idea. And the inventor said, well, if I get this or I need this, it'll help me. And, and then Gene said, no, no, you know, you need to sweat a little bit more. This was true advice that Gene was giving, uh, you know, maybe some more late nights to get the idea into the product stage. Uh, you know, we have to have some sort of MVP at least, uh, some sort of prototype. Otherwise, we'll be just giving you ideas. I can't fund daydreaming, I guess was Gene's thing. And Gene offered a solution. Just sit down. Uh, who is it for? What is it going to do? We know what it's going to solve and how bubbles would solve that. Uh Maybe look for a partner, but, but uh, you know, and, and see if you could bring something back uh, and an idea of how much the part, you know, Gene was very, and the inventor was uh, a little bit flustered and went off. And the next was a scuba diver with an idea for, you know, treasure adventures and all of these things. And again, Gene, Gene was very swept up uh, and this seemed like a good idea. And it had a little bit better of an idea because it said, well, you know, this is 1%, or, you know, this is these kind of expensive experiences people want to have. And Gene got that concept that, uh, yeah, of course, yeah, people want to have these advantages. But, but what about this? What about the underwriting type stuff? Uh, what about the boats? What about, what about the total cost? Uh, Gene said, sure, people will pay anything. For experiences, but will they pay anything? The scuba diver didn't have a kind of grasp at what what it would cost or what it should cost, and and Gene said, "You don't even know how much to, if you're going to have champagne, uh, well, which d- dive sites, uh, and how realistic is the experience? Is it a front-loaded experience? Is it a theme park experience or is it a real one?" 
And Gene said, you're close. Do more research. Uh, pretend you're a customer and go on some of these experiences. Uh, but you're close. Yeah, the next person, uh, I guess, was a, like a combination inventor, entrepreneur. And they pitched it, Gene, on the idea. Those are the people that live in... Uh, areas with tech hubs, you may see that the tech companies will have buses for their employees and that the buses will take the employees from the area they live all the way to work uh, so they can work while they commute or even as just an employment benefit. They say, we get to take a nice luxury bus and they have gyms at work. And this person said, why not mobile gyms? Uh, you know, what if they could work out? What if you could work out on your commute? Not just to tech employees, uh, anybody, anywhere with a commute in an hour, uh, the inventor said, the, the, the marketer said, uh, it's plenty of time to work out. And we could stop and we could have, we could have, and then because he said, I realized the shower part, uh, and I'm trying to figure that out, believe me. I'm trying to figure out, should we do a luxury bus? Or should we go to a gym where they could shower? So that is a piece that's missing, the inventor the, the inventor admitted. And Gene said, well, have you ever worked out in a movie? Have you tried this at all? And uh, this person was very worried. They said, of course. Like they were pumping iron, like doing bicep curls during the uh, assessment. I think for dramatic purposes. Uh, but there was something about this idea that had Gene underlying things, but still, uh, he said, I'd have to see it in action. And, and uh, they said, well, I don't have the, inv-. and he said, well, what about in your car? You know, take the, Gene said, I need a working model. Uh, but you're close, maybe, maybe not, though. And then the person said, well, this is how much people spend on gym memberships every year. And Gene said, well, would you be selling the customization or the experience? Because maybe the tech companies would just copy your idea. So we would have to decide if you're selling the workout buses uh, to the, you know, and uh, the person didn't really answer. Gene said, well, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Let me think about it. Uh, uh, But this one had good good, uh, potential. Then it was a food lover, uh, who loved food and loved eating experiences and wanted to open a restaurant based on their love of food. But Gene said, do you cook at all? And they said, no, no, I just eat out. Uh, I love eating out. I'm a great we taste. I, I think I could taste make. I like tasting and I want to be a taste maker. And then Gene said, well, do you know a uh, chef? And they said, no, but I have this idea for blindfolded eating it would be the concept for my restaurant. And I would, it would be a, what, what do you call that? Uh, you know, like uh, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of uh, make it like a playlist of food, of tasting experiences. And Gene said, it sounds more like a pop-up shop to me uh, because what is the repeatability of that? Uh, and the cost, uh, Gene said, well, it almost sounds like something you could just call up some restaurants and, and do on your own. But I don't know about the long-term viability. And there was a toy maker who handmade toys. Uh, and Gene said, okay, well, um, I think you should just keep at it. If you're hand-making toys, I don't sure, I'm not sure we could bring that to scale. I think you should just keep making them and selling them in your spare time. And Gene gave some very specific tips. There was a restaurant owner who, uh, who already owned a restaurant and opened up another one. And Gene kind of wanted to crunch the numbers at the current restaurant. And uh, why do you want to open another one? Said, I'm tired of that concept. Uh, and Gene said, well, that's not the best sign. But maybe the, we can make these numbers work. So it was another close. But there's something about Gene. Gene said, well, let me take a look at things while you're gone. Yeah, I'm not sure. I have another appointment. Uh, then it was a podcaster. Gene said, "Okay, bye, bye." The good, they said. He said, "Gene said no podcasts." Uh, and the podcaster said, "We didn't even hear about my ideas. A podcast to put people to sleep." Uh, and Gene said, "Well, 
You're better off without debt load. I'll just be straight honest with you. You'll be much happier uh, to push through without a debt load or investors to answer to in the end. And your product will be better. And it sent, sent, sent the podcast on, on its way. Now, Gina had one more, two more appointments, and the last appointment seemed really good. And the next appointment was more of like a store purchase. So Gene was kind of uh, like, okay, I think I have a good feeling about this last appointment. This next one, I would get through it. Uh, and then the door opened, and on the other side of the door was Issa. And there was something about the way Issa opened the door, uh, confidence, uh, uh, kindness, a gentleness, but, but a fierce gentleness uh, uh, they caught Gene's eye. It also made Gene say, whoa, whoa, risk assessment here. Uh, maybe even a risk to the palpitations in my chest, and I need to focus on the numbers. And then the phone rang, and it was the next appointment canceling. And Gene said, oh, you're canceling. Okay, I'll see you next week. Uh, and Issa sat down in front of Gene's desk. And said, oh, hello, looks like I'm your last appointment for the day before the holidays. Uh, and Gene tried to remain, you know, maintain, Demeter, you probably couldn't tell in the montage because it was without dialogue mostly. But Gene said, so, he said, let's see here, looks like you want to open a store and you're looking to buy the building in particular. Well, no, no, just the facade is really what's important, and the entryway to the to, that, that comes with the building, of course. So the building comes with it. Well, that the purchase price seems pretty high for just a facade, but even for a building in this, uh, this is right around the corner. It's uh, it just seems a little bit. Uh, just is there something historical? Well, yeah, there's some, historical would be. Almost accurate. Uh, there's not necessarily, this is a, a facade that a lot of people are going to be interested in. Uh, but, but yeah, it's something of great value. Like, like historical value or personal value. What do you mean? It, it, it's, it's, it, it'll make the difference. It, it's, a bit, it's hard to, to describe to you, uh, Gene. Okay, well you, so you're going to open a seasonal shop there. Yes, yes, it's a seasonal, it's a holiday shop, believe it or not. Uh, and what are you, you going to be selling there? Oh, one-of-a-kind gifts uh, for, for, the, for, for holiday gift, gift givers. Okay, so you're going to, so it's a little bit high, the market price. And you're going to have a seasonal shop with just a handmade gifts. Yes, yeah, that's, that's, that sounds pretty correct. I mean, a little bit generic, but... Well, I'm just wondering, like, in the off-season, how are you going to generate the revenue uh, to cover the building costs and the servicing costs? And it doesn't look like you're going to be able to do a volume business. Uh, is it going to be in uh, – what were the margins? I'm not fam super familiar with – I mean, I was just talked to a toy maker, but is it going to be price of sales? Like, how – I, I can't seem to see, make this work. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Oh, it'll be in volume, Gene. Gene. It'll be the volume, a kind, kind of a joy, joy volume. Uh, uh, but what about the real the, the, the prices? Uh, well, Gene, we're going to be, the store's going to be mission driven. Oh, so it's like more, is this more of a nonprofit? Like, uh, I mean, because by these numbers, it's not profitability is, uh, I'm more worried about solvency right now. Well, gee, why don't I show you? It's just right, like you said, right around the corner. Yeah, I mean, listen, you seem terribly nice, and you definitely seem, I could see it in your, your face, you're focused, and like you said, mission-driven, in that the shop facade... It has meaning to you, but I don't see how I could. I just don't see how we're going to make it work. Uh, not just numbers wise, you know. It, it would just add pressure. I don't think you'd enjoy it. Then there would be a lot of pressure on you, and then it would like uh, take away from your mission. It would really drag on your mission, 
you know, like to, to be honest, I, I have like, uh, I got to get, get something done by the end of the day today. So I'm afraid, like, I could get back to you. I could take you a couple looks at it when, it, when like, uh, you know, when I have a little bit clearer of a head. Well, Gene, your last appointment canceled. It's only like three ten p.m. If you have to have things done by what five p.m. four four fifty p.m. Y- yeah, so, so you'll have plenty of time to finish up. If I could just please have the time I'm entitled to. And, uh, you know, I have to, I guess I have to insist that uh, in the tradition of this business, aren't you required to do your due diligence in the time I have uh, to, to really look deeper beyond the numbers? Isn't that part of your job? Yeah, uh, it is. It's just like uh, with the holiday coming, this is like my, fr- I'll be honest, this is my first day in charge of the shop and... I have to, you probably know that because you're putting this, uh, you know, I have to send money out, but it has to fit within, it ha- it's just I can't make this work. Even uh, Ives would say this, there's other, there's other people I'm also entitled to do my due diligence for, I guess is what I'm saying to you. Oh, yeah, like the other people, who, who else other than the people that have come today? Well, my, yeah, my family. My yeah, my my aunts, my uncles, my cousins. Yeah, no, no, no. I understand, it, but part of it, your due diligence is giving me till four p.m. So it's just it's just a short a short walk away. Maybe it'll clear your head. In one of these other things on the list, if it doesn't work for me, I can accept that as long as they give me the time and the attention. I I, I I'm entitled to. Yeah. Okay. It'll it'll lower the pressure. And with lower pressure, you'll make a better decision. Don't, don't you don't you find that to be true, Gene? Yeah, I mean that does. Uh, you're right. High pressure decision making doesn't really work out well. Okay, well let's go. And, and so Gene and Issa started walking across uh, town. And as they walked, they chatted. So, so what kind of gifts specifically are you going to have in your shop? Uh, like. Uh, Themed gifts or toys or adult gifts, kids' gifts? Well, Gene, that's interesting. How? T- tell me about how familiar are you with gift giving and receiving? Like when I t- when you think about gifts, what what does it trigger for you? Well, yeah, I've got a lifetime experience of giving and receiving gifts. Uh, I guess. Okay, but this is a no judgment zone. When I talk about gifts. Uh, is there something strong? Is it stronger for giving or receiving a gift? Uh, no, like a no shame zone. I mean, I guess get get not getting the gift. Uh, I mean, I, I guess it's more of like the what I remember is like the waiting, waiting to get a gift, uh, or the playing with the gift afterwards, uh, and then kind of forgetting. I mean, is that selfish? Like forgetting where it came from. No, tell tell me more. What are you playing with when you say that? Well, this one I, I always remember this delivery van I got. It was kind of plain. It was a Fisher Price delivery van, and you could open. It came with two delivery characters, and you could open up the back. You could take it off, and it was it would, the wheels always worked good, and I, and I could just play with it. And, and I didn't always just deliver things. Say, you know, had adventures, and I had it. I had to be a camper. I had to be, you know, team, you know, for team, teams, world savers, you know, stuff like that. I just played with it a lot, and I always, I could feel it. I could feel the smoothness of the wheels. Uh, but if I'm honest, I don't even know if it came from uh, someone in my family or Klaus or, or what. Oh, that's 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 very good, Gene. That's very good. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of levels. To, here's the shop here, uh, and, and they stood outside, a closed-up shop, but outside was a green awning, a little bit of rain and dust-faded awning, and a giant, giant window, and uh, Gene kind of tried to look in, but it was mostly covered in soap, uh, so you couldn't see inside. 
But you could see like a display area just behind the window, window, mostly empty with a couple of boxes and a, even an old Christmas tree was there. And Issa put, 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 put Issa's hand, and Issa's hand was on the knob of the door. And I said, yeah, it's going to need some work, but this is the facade. And then Jean started to notice the tile work and the brickwork. And it was a beautiful facade with a lot of details. We Are those uh, giant, those pine cones in the tile up there? They are. They are. That's a great observation, Jean. And as we were talking about gift giving, you were talking about the anticipation the wrapping, that's kind of like the facade a little bit at first from far away. And then the window and wondering what's on the other side of the window. The anticipation is a key part of gift giving. And Issa moved the doorknob a little bit, tense to the forearm, but it didn't go to open it. Uh, the waiting to cross the threshold, Gene, uh, but but before crossing over, there's also that moment of tension. Like, oh, what did you want when when they were researching it? Would, are you going to get what you wanted? Did you know what they wanted? Are you going to be surprised? You know, the good gift givers are listeners, or have the courage to make a mistake on the gift giving. They're adventurers, but it's also, do you really know you? Do you, Are you brave enough to say, this is what I want and not get it? Uh, and all that's wrapped up in that moment. Uh, you talked about that drawn-out moment of wondering if the gift is coming, then seeing the gift and it being closer. You know, there's a lot of deeper needs there. And, and there's another side of it, and, and Issa turned the knob and, Opened the door just to, to touch. Uh, there's this magic there, a magical joy. It's like a chance, if you choose to actively participate in the gift-giving ritual, it, to be a part of it and experience it, to savor each moment and stage of it. Uh, there's a chance to go deeper into that relationship, whomever the relationship is with uh, uh, to peer deeper, to probe deeper, to journey deeper, Gene. Uh, to take another level for, for the giver or the receiver, but it's also a wrought thing. There's a lot of shoulds, like you even anticipated. Uh, there could be some shaming in there. Go with the gift, uh, or it could be just give them what they want. Uh, click and ship and send it off. Uh, in the marketing goes that it's the joy of giving, yeah, but I don't necessarily agree with that, or the joy of receiving. It's a ritual. At least this is my theory, a theory behind the mission of the shop, as I was telling you. It's a path you walk of gift-finding, of gift-giving. What will happen? Or of gift-getting, of actively receiving the gift uh, in a fullness, I guess. Uh, I realize I'm, you know, building it up. But, you know, what you're wondering, is the gift going to, is the reaction going to be the same? And what if uh, that person that gave you the truck was deeper in, in playing with the truck with you? Instead of, maybe they were passively enjoying you playing with it, but they never talked to you about it. It doesn't sound like. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting, but that also sounds like a lot of pressure and a lot of work. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, it's you know, and I'm not sure about all that risk, uh, like uh, like an investment in, in a gift when you don't necessarily need to invest. Uh, uh, but I can, I can see, well, let's cross over this threshold. Let's go in the shop and see. Uh, as the buildup is released and, and Issa started to pull the door open. You know, you could remember the happy waiting, uh, but then you're there and it's open and you cross over the threshold and you step in, I mean, into the store. Come on in. What will I get? Uh, and sometimes it is magical and sometimes it isn't. Uh, 
yeah, yeah. I get like, uh, and and Gene stepped into the store, and it was like uh, a pretty run-of-the-mill, dusty, dusty wooden floors, an empty set of display cases, some lamps, a desk with an old-fashioned cash register. And this is the hard part of the gift, Gene, when it first opens. Uh, how do you feel? Like, isn't it strange that that build up? And then, yeah, this uh, this is a nice shop. It's got a lot of old features, some old fixtures. I like the ceilings. Uh, uh, this is nice, uh, but it's also like a momentary thrill, like your build up in salesmanship. Uh, it's a bit like the build-up and salesmanship of it's like tantalizing, but then it's gone. And I guess you're saying I remember the tantalizing parts, but not so much after the crossing of the threshold. Uh, like after the spell is broken, I guess is what I'm saying. Oh, I I like that description. But is this spell broken, or is it calling you deeper in? You have a look around. Do some diligence. We've got time. And Jean started to walk around the shop uh, and look in the display cases, uh, kind of starting to assess uh, the actual interior value. Well, all these fixtures come, come with the purchase, huh? Yes, they do. They do. And the awning and, and the, the I guess the facade, like you're saying, uh, yeah, it's all part of, uh, you know, part of gift giving is the suspension of disbelief on both sides, I guess. Uh, that's where the magic of gift giving starts. But there's also the smells and the warmth and the other memories piled on top of it. There's a mood setting. So that's what we'll be going with with the shop is uh, when you cross over. I guess it's just me, though. I, 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 like, I always say we because I think of the customers as part of it. Yeah, but the smells and the thing in the whole shop will be to guide them. So their belief is, their disbelief is suspended or their belief suspended or they believe they're in now here in the shop in a world of gift giving, of openness. Uh, wait a second, Gene started walking in another Is this snow on the floor? He's going into that room. Uh, is that real or is this part of the design of the shop? And Gene started following like a, what seemed like a dusting of snow. And as Gene crossed over into another room off to the side of the shop, uh, Gene was looking down and the snow got thicker until the floor was covered with it and it was a slight rise. And it was fresh snow. It started crunching under Gene's uh, feet. And then Gene looked up, and it was a kind of white plain of uh, snow. Uh, and Issa was right at Gene's side. Uh, Gene kept walking. Something was drawing Gene along step by step. Where, 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 are, we, where are we going? Like, where are we? Where, are we, where am I going? Well, Gene, are you are you familiar with uh, reindeer bells at all? Are those like uh, jingle bells? Yeah, kind of, kind of. Yeah, I guess they're bells that jingle. Uh, we're gonna go help out with some uh, bells. Wait, what? Oh, is this is this some experiential thing? Uh, like, is this an experiential shop? You, sh- you could have just told me that. I don't understand how you're. Uh, wait, wait. wait. Well, just come along. It's just up this hill. See down there? There's a set of stables. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's a, are those stables? And uh, is that a blacksmith shop? I see a forge. Yeah, and there's a leathersmith there. And out back behind the stables, you see that giant range. That's the reindeer are running around and jumping there. And there's some other work building. Uh, and right down here, we're going to follow this path. That's the bell tuner. In the bell tuner's workshop, wait a belt. I've never heard of a bell a bell tuner. You don't do bell tuner. Well, they could be a bellsmith or there, there's other tune. Right through this door, Gene. 
I uh, get once a year the the bells for the holiday reindeer for Roberta Claus's reindeer. They're prepared, and today it just happens to be that day. And they get tuned. It's a yearly ritual. Uh, uh, they get cleaned and maintained because over the between the holidays, uh, you see, and they walked into this workshop, and out on one workbench was tarnished what looked like four-leaf clovers, uh, flat pieces of metal. And they set to work uh, with Issa's patience uh, showing Gene how to use uh, the different cleaners uh, to, to take the tarnish off of, you know, rubbing and then rinsing. Uh, they went to work on this flat tarnished metal and quickly... What started to sparkle was not just a silver or gold, but shades of silver and gold, shades of metallic brilliance. They were even polishing a little bit. And they placed these flat pieces of metal on, you know, nice, soft uh, cotton uh, blankets. And uh, even Gene was trying to rub uh, thumbprints off. Uh, and looking at their reflections and looking at the sparkling of the lights, uh, buffing. Jean couldn't believe all the different colors. Uh, oh, is it, it's just one, isn't just silver and gold, but it's not. Uh, and then they moved on to another workbench, which was a big basin full of, uh, that had been soaking different bits of metal, different little spheres of metal. And then there was a dry basin with uh, other spheres, like some seeds and some clay. And they just needed to be rubbed off. You know, some had accumulated dust or gunk and resins of different sizes, some not even perfect spheres. Uh, and they cleaned those off and set them to dry. And even those had their own wonderful colors and shapes and textures and richness. Sizes and weights. Even Gene was talking about the mass and showing the mass of a seed versus the mass of a, a piece of a, a metal, dense, much denser. And then they watched, and the blacksmith and the bell tuner presumably came in, and they went to work uh, shaping the bells back into shape and, and to, sh- sh- listening and tuning the bells. And then the leathersmith came with the harnesses, and they started uh, working. And the whole time, Gene uh, and, and Issa were just sitting there watching craftsmanship of all different layers working together and then Issa turned to Jean and said it's time and Jean said for what and then Jean was shaken for a second we said what time is it and he said don't worry I'll have you back in plenty of time for the rest of your day it's time for the ceremony and the sun had just started to set uh, and Jean said you'll see and they went into a square at the center of this uh, stables and farm or whatever it was uh and there was a crowd gathered. There was elves and there were snow beings. There was humans and there was sentient trees. And even there was Roberta Claus uh, in all her holiday splendor. And everyone was chatting and drinking nag uh, and saying hello. And uh, then they, they, uh, they, they, the point in time seemed to, there was a, just a ringing of a little bell. And then the reindeer came out of the stables, uh, and everyone fell to a hush, and each reindeer was covered in a couple of wool blankets, especially over their reins, I guess you'd say, the reins of the reindeer, or their harnesses, and they came out, and everyone was watching, and everyone was smiling and looking at one another. And Issa said, this is the kind of the ceremony they used to kick off the holiday season. This is one of the more important uh, here, here where uh, the happiest holiday legends uh, begin, this is their ceremony. This is their ritual. And Jean kind of started to get it. They were all waiting. Uh, and Roberta Claus said a few words, uh, kind of acknowledging the hard work of everyone. 
in the spirit of the season, in the ringing of bells, in the subtle reminders, uh, and it's something you know, metaphorically, the ringing in our hearts, yeah, you know, the whole nine yards. And Issa said, this is special because this is Roberta Colossus' first bell ceremony. The unveiling of the bells, they call it. It's a big deal. And then everyone was chattering a little bit again and clapping and wiping tears from their eyes. The love of Roberta Colossus. Uh, their love of this ceremony with some pomp and circumstance, but on a much more grounded plane. And then uh, the bell tuner and a few other people stood at the sides of all of the reindeer. And I couldn't pick them out, you know, you know, their nostrils, steam coming out because of the cold air. And the bell tuner counted down five four, nodding with your three, two, one, and with a one, not super smooth motion, but a cool motion, the blankets were pulled off of the backs of the reindeer. And at first, a few reindeers kind of just shook uh, in that natural animal motion, and the bells jingled, and people were already uh, twittering with delight, uh, and then the reindeer started to realize they were the center of attention and that, uh, and even that the sounds of the bells brought them joy and they started prancing and dancing and moving around. And uh, the, the lights of the moon and the stars and, and, and uh, you know, everything was reflected off of those golds and those silvers and those grays and those blues. In the different sizes of the bells, Jean started to notice and and how many layers of sound and jingling were coming. And Jean was like, I never, there's no holiday special about this. Uh, no one's seen And uh, Issa said, patted Jean said, they care. They care here. Uh, this is this is their thing. Maybe it's not for, and Jean nodded. Enjoyed the sound as the reindeer got more caught up in the moment. They started jumping the fences and going out into the range. A couple of them even starting to fly. And the sound went more and more distant, but it still had all of these layers. Uh, almost like if uh, someone with the most gorgeous head of hair uh, shook their head. Like that's what it sounded like. Say, my goodness. When they shake their head, it makes me tremble. That's what the sounds of these distant bells did to Jean and to Issa and every person standing there. And then the crowd uh, kind of started to go off as the, the, the sounds carried further and further away, and the night chill started to descend. And Issa said, we better get going, and they started back the way they came. They eventually were, went in back through the shop somehow, and the snow lessened until they were back on the hardwood floor. And they stood there in the empty store, speechless for a while, you know, not knowing what to say. Gene uh, kind of still hearing a cacophony of bells out in the distance, uh, and just kind of savoring the moment. Uh, and then Jean looked at Issa and said, I, I think I get it. I think I understand uh, what you're trying to show me, what you're trying to tell me. I, I understand the mission of the shop. Thank you. Thank you for uh, giving me that experience. Uh, you want uh, everyone to have that experience in some sense, huh? And Jean said, well, kind of. It's different for every person, right? Uh, uh, for you, you needed to get outside of yourself, I think. Uh, I think it was good for you. And maybe for something else, it's some, something different. Uh, and then Jean said, do you mind if I look at the facade and the, uh, uh, the threshold? Uh, and Jean kind of studied it and studied the shop uh, and nodded and walked around and uh, Issa said, so what do you think? Uh, it's pretty special, huh? And Jean said, magical. And uh, Issa said, well, it's uh, it's not going to be up for long. I'm not the only one who realizes uh, 
the potential here. And Gene said, well, uh, I think I want to be a part of this. And, and Issa said, great, uh, let's get back to your, you know, let's get back there it's, uh, for something. Uh, and Gene said, no, 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 I don't want to loan you the money. I don't want to loan you my family's money. I, I, I'd like to work here, maybe invest my money here. I, I know it's a presumptuous of me to offer it to be your partner, but I could offer to be, you know, my whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, I, I I believe in your mission now, and I believe in selfishly what it does for me. You're right. Uh, this could draw me into other people. It could help me to relate to them and and and, and to help them. Uh, I I see. I told you know I'm see as a and, and she she. she and uh, Issa patted Jean's arm and, and said, uh, yeah, uh, that's great. Uh, I think we'll f- we could figure something out. Uh, but in that case, we, you still have to get back to your shop to kind of loan out the money to someone else. And Jean said, well, maybe, yeah, let me walk back and think about it. You're right, I got a, other family duties to, uh, but uh, maybe I could meet you back here. Maybe we could... Uh, and, and and Gene said, "Yeah, after the holidays, so we'll put we'll I put we'll put a deposit down, so we'll have for first bid, and uh, then after the holiday, uh, we could we could we could hammer something out. I think uh, I'd be happy to have you as a partner." And then they stood there for a moment longer, and I don't know if he said seen something in Gene all along, or it was just now that. Because Gene had finally become vulnerable. Or maybe it was that moment where Gene was talking about playing with the truck. Uh, that they uh, both kind of saw each other in a, in a jingly jangly kind of light. Uh, but also in this uh, shared mission light. And the evening light uh, fell as uh, Gene went back to the shop. Issa came along and, and, and Gene signed off on a loan. And Gene did Gene's due diligence, and uh, it was one happy scuba dive. I don't know if it was one happy scuba diver or a, uh, a happy uh, exercise truck creator, but it was, someone was also happy. And uh, that was uh, how, uh, you know, maybe the happiest holiday shop you had to start or one, one uh, phase of its beginning. I hope you're having a wonderful season and that you could be there for some moments in the season. It's not easy always to be there all the time. Maybe you need some breaks away like tonight with me taking the journey with Gene uh, and, and, and being distracted and carried away. Those are places you could go to for a little break. Uh, Maybe see if you could lean in for a few minutes and say, well, what am I seeing here in this world uh, that uh, of these holiday traditions? Uh, is there anything that's uh, feeding me and I'm feeding it? I don't know. Uh, but I know that I can, knowing your ears are there, receiving this feeds me. So I really appreciate it. Uh, and I hope you're resting and, and feeling warm and uh, like there is uh, this magical threshold out there sometimes. Good night.